We have a lot of respect for people who practice different religions, and our purpose with this podcast is to simply identify and deconstruct problematic evangelical ideologies. Oh, hi there. I'm Candice. I was just working on situating my lived experience into a salient critique of ideology. Let's see if this thing works. Whoa, whoa, whoa! It seems like it needs a little more work. But that's the exciting part, because you never know what you'll discover along the way. But don't take my word for it. Why don't you come along for today's adventure in ideology? Welcome to Adventures in Ideology. This is the show where we listen to and discuss the radio drama Adventures in Odyssey, created in 1986 by Focus on the Family. If you were raised evangelical, you're probably familiar with it. And if you were not, this will be fun for you. <laughs> Adventures in Odyssey was created with the express purpose of indoctrinating children. We try to identify the invisible assumptions that are present in evangelical theology and the way they're presented within the episodes of Adventures in Odyssey and normalized to kids. We listened to and loved the show growing up, and now we're listening with a more discerning ear to identify and deconstruct the problematic ideas we were exposed to as children and also examine how these beliefs played out in our lives. We're so excited you're here. I'm Candice. And I'm Karis. And today we have special guest, Marshall from Androids and Assets. Welcome, Marshall. Welcome. Hello. Thank you. Long time, first time. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we're excited. We've wanted to have you on for a while, so I'm glad it is working out. I think this is a good episode. This was a great episode. <laughs> I mean, I have a sample size of one, but it was a great episode. Yeah. Based on this episode, you want to listen to all the rest of them. I, I called Focus on the Family, and I have all of the cassettes on the way. Oh, you got wow. the cassettes? Old school. I really <laughs> like it. <laughs> I mean, they probably can't sell them anymore. So that's the only way you get them for free. I'm sure they're not giving those away for free. No, probably They not. don't do anything for free. <laughs> <laughs> so, Marshall, uh, this is your first time listening to Adventures in Odyssey. You didn't grow up with it. No, I, I did not grow up with it. Uh, I was raised in a Catholic household. Oh. Okay. <laughs> yes. We heard we heard about Catholics. <laughs> yeah, we heard about you. And it's true. We all breathe fire. So, uh, you know. That's because you're going to hell because you're not real Christians. That's the... <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I, I didn't hear that until I was in high school. And someone in my friend group started dating uh, a real Christian. <laughs> and and uh, at this point, I was I was still pretending that I was a Catholic. So uh, she was like, "You're you're not a Christian. You're a Catholic." And I was like, "Come, please, what? Like, this is the original Christian." Yeah, yeah. Like, and that's why it's wrong. And that's why it's wrong. That's, I mean, they took, use that as like evidence. Some refining. Yeah, yeah. To prove why it's wrong. <laughs> you wouldn't have anything without us. Right. Uh, but, it's true. Yeah. So uh, now I hear it all the time and I think it's hilarious. But yes, it was, I was sheltered for a long time. And, yeah. Well, the and, problem and is didn't you know guys that I wasn't raised Christian. don't have a personal relationship with Jesus. That's right. We have a, an intermediary relationship with Mary instead. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Women can't be deities, okay? That would be oh, way man. too threatening. Women already literally create life inside their bodies. 
What if we made them, what if we started worshiping them as the creators of all life? Yeah, it's and a slippery slope. Yeah. Then you might have to respect them in general. You might. Yeah. Whoa. I wouldn't go that far. <laughs> um, shall we read the two sentence description of the episode? It's, it's not even two sentences. Yeah. <laughs> uh. Connie learns from wit about how every vote matters. What? Uh. <laughs> it's terrible. Ugh. I so mean, the kind of, I guess. What's it's ac- get, kind accurate. Of. So the title of today's episode is A Single Vote. And originally it aired on November 5th, 1988. Do we have... Oh, uh... I want to, Marshall, is it okay if I read your initial thoughts that you shared with us previously? Sure, yeah. yeah, go for it. All right. So this, this was Marshall's initial thoughts. The lesson being taught by the story doesn't actually fit the facts of the story. Elections can be won by a single vote, but that doesn't make any one vote more important than any other. All the votes matter or we wouldn't end up with a single vote deciding the election. Also, one person voting in a state election is the definition of indirect indirect effects, not direct effects. Okay, well, I'm look forward to, looking forward to you unpacking that a little bit more. Yeah, me too. Um, but I had the I same think- thought. Like, they harp on this idea that one person's vote, but it was literally every single person that voted was the one vote then. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Like, yeah. If any other one person changed their mind, yeah, it doesn't exactly. matter. <laughs> It would have been the same. Yeah. So I thought that was kind of a bad attribution. Yeah. Yeah. And and like I've I've been involved with some political campaigns and everything. And there's a big emphasis also put on like landslides. It makes a statement if you can win by a lot. Yeah. Like you never want it to yeah. come down to such a narrow race that you're like, I won by one vote. Oh yeah. You're like, no, I got eighty percent of the vote. Take that. Yeah. Yeah. And also like, then it's not in question. Like it's not well, yeah. like you don't have to worry about it with for the next election. It's not like, oh, is that are three people going to change their minds? Right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, OK, so for the exoplot, Chris is in Washington, D.C., standing at the Lincoln Memorial. Uh, and she's like, he looks so lifelike. And then he comes to life and starts talking to her and complains about being stiff from sitting in the same spot. And Chris says, I guess that would be tiresome. And he says, not half as tiresome as hearing about what's been going on in our country for the last few years. People are beginning to feel like they don't really have any control over what happens in the country. Is this true? And Chris basically is like, well, everyone figures the leaders will do what they want, whether they get involved or not. So why get involved? And Lincoln's like, well, but our people are the government. They have the power to make things happen for good or to stop bad things from happening. By voting. And that and that segues us into the episode. Okay, but I have a lot of thoughts on this. Yeah, oh, yeah. Let's <laughs> let's let's talk about them. Okay. My only thought was, do they though? <laughs> That's all I put. Well, okay, a few things. This made me think of like this is happening. This was released in eighty eight, right? Right. Which is kind of tail end of the moral majority which right. was a Christian political movement to affect government. 
Gotcha. And that's what this made me think of. But I also like, this is like very much their agenda. Like we need every single vote because we are changing. We're making a difference. Right. Right. Um, And we have to make a difference in the right direction. Yeah. The way God wants. Republican. Like they were, (laughs) they were instrumental in electing Republican presidents for like two or three terms in a row. Um, but also this, what they do here, I think is really insidious. And it also points to something they do a lot, um, with like Bible characters and also like Jesus and God. And this idea of bringing Abraham Lincoln to life to, to give their message. Do you know what I mean? To like yeah, they put yeah. their words, put words on his lips. Yeah. Right. Um, and kind of seed it so it's has the authority of Abraham Lincoln you know and they do this with like Jesus and they do this with all sorts of Bible characters and I just think it's very yucky and disingenuous yeah Yeah. because it's not yeah they're they're reformatting him yeah they're claiming the authority of his of this person this historical figure um but using their agenda. Yeah, like exactly. Giving, yeah. Having him speak to their agenda. Perch there. And does anyone else have thoughts about that? It, that's Those things just really rubbed me the wrong way. Yeah. That was kind of, I think that was kind of my general impression of it as well, but I didn't have the words for it. I just was like, this is problematic, so I'm keeping it in. Yeah. Because some, you know, sometimes we don't highlight the exoplot because it's just boring. Yeah. This one, yeah. This one was very sinister, I thought. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's not great. That's for sure. Okay. Okay. Segway so, to Wit's End. Wit's End. There's a big rally. Horace Higginbotham is making a speech. Wit and Tom are talking about uh, the great turnout. Wit says, just goes to show you that kids really are interested in learning about the political process. And Tom says, the free ice cream samples might have something to do with it, too. Yeah, like Wit is Uh, literally bribing people to be interested in the political process so that he can impart his personal political agenda to these malleable young people's minds. Yeah. I did love the jokes here, though, because I was like, these are things that I would say. Which one, (laughs) Tom or Wit? Uh, Tom, because Wit says like, oh yeah, well it never hurts to give him a, a shove in the right direction the or right direction. nudge or push yeah. or something. And then Tom's like, why don't you push one of those free ice cream samples over my way? Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, that's exactly something that uh, I would say because it's so cheesy and perfect. I love that. Yeah. That's delightful. Anything to get free ice cream. <laughs> exactly. I'll listen to a barn burner of a speech. Uh, so then Horace comes in, uh, or Horace and Connie come into the scene. He is trying to get Connie to back him for class president, but she thinks it's stupid. Uh, Tom says he would back Horace, but he says he would make a fine class president. Connie's just complaining. She's she's like, I'm tired of it. I have to put up with it at school and here. It's just a popularity contest. It doesn't mean anything. And Wits basically like, maybe not now. It or maybe now it doesn't, but not eventually. This is preparing you for the real thing. 
And so then there's it's a little bit of still a popularity contest. Like that it is totally the is. whole point of an election <laughs> is who is most popular wins. Yes. Like How literally it's win? the definition. Yeah. Because just, yeah. Well, <laughs> because of this, this idea, right? That's a like, whole different thing. I, yeah. I don't think it is though, because like preachers were preaching from the pulpit. You need to vote for Trump. And it's like a very yes. similar thing to this thing that Mr. Whitaker is doing. It's like the whole Christian right, like mobilizing to elect a monster. Party politics are a, a bit of a different beast, though, than just like a straight election, like in a in a high school popularity contest. That's true. like, like yeah. a truer right. reflection because party politics, you often end up getting somebody who is not the most popular, but is uh, like the most compromisable sort of thing, like. The, the greatest number of people can compromise to select that person. And so yeah. then they become like right. the leader oh, of the party. Right. And, and so nobody in the party actually wanted that. Like the majority didn't want that person, but maybe a plurality did. So it just sort of happened. And then you're like, well, if we want to have a Republican in power, it's got to be Trump because he's the only Republican president running. So yes. yeah, because yeah. it is about the we party. We don't like right. him, but... Oh, but they and, did. And, and they do. Well, I mean, there's a lot of them that did. Yes. <laughs> there's very few of them who were like, I'm holding my nose. They were like, woo. Yeah. So like, no. It, and it the ones that were like, I'm holding my nose, they either didn't vote or they voted for Hillary, which, you know, like, yeah. Yeah. Which was the better there, you know, <laughs> that, that election. <laughs> Dear God. Oh my God. I mean, Hillary was absolutely the better choice, but, uh, not a good person by any measure. Still not a good choice. Like they didn't have a good choice. Yeah. No, no, they didn't. I mean, yeah. they haven't had a good choice. In well. I know. Yeah. yeah. Same, Since Lincoln. Same with. Uh, <laughs> same with <laughs> who was um, uh, evangelical, <laughs> turns out. <laughs> it, it didn't exist then, but, you know, he would have been. <laughs> <laughs> they converted him later. Yeah. Um, it sounds very But then Mormon. there's also... <laughs> There's a whole thing about like – and gerrymandering is a whole thing in the United States too, right? Because Trump didn't actually win a majority of the votes. Yeah. He didn't lose That's by a lot. Yeah. But but he won the majority of the votes in enough places that it was yeah. okay. And this is why every time someone tries to explain American politics to me, I get really confused. Because I still don't get how you can – like I, I do remember there was – some of my family members from the States were posting this video about like why it's a good thing that you can, that the majority doesn't choose necessarily choose the president. And it was oh, very, I was like, Oh yeah, no, it was, it was kind of gross. Yeah. It was really trying to like, yeah. Because it was something like then it gives like the minority more power or something. <laughs> I'm like, isn't that the whole point of an election to like go with the majority? The majority, yeah. like a democracy, yeah. would be like. Anyway, um, and then there's the electoral college, which is a whole nother level of weirdness. And that's where I always American get elections. lost. I'm like, so yeah, it's a it's a bizarre process, and I not what I think this. Um, episode is about but you know we can take a tangent <laughs> yeah well and i think i mean i'm sure there will be more like political episodes too so yeah but that's true i mean 
at the end of this, I would like for you to clearly explain to me how does the American oh political process work in five sentences or less? No pressure. Uh, it doesn't. <laughs> but never have a people been more free, Marshall. <laughs> You're right. How how did I not think of that? Um. Okay, so it's it's not a popularity contest, but it kind of is a popularity contest. Right. So then Connie is basically like, sure, if my vote was the one that shows who was elected, it would be interesting, but it wouldn't. One vote doesn't really make a difference. So then Wit brings up Jameson Shoemaker, and there's some back and forth between Tom and um, Horace and Wit about... But he's he because he says he lived such and such a place. And uh, I didn't write it down clearly. And um, then there's back and forth. Like, in oh, Indi- he's dead. Do you live in Indiana? Was it Indiana? It, it was yeah. Indiana. Oh. One point, Candace. <laughs> For those listening at home, Candace is leading by one point. <laughs> <laughs> Take that, Marshall. <laughs> You don't have to know anything about American electoral <laughs> politics. Uh. Uh, anyway, there's like fun, there's like back and forth where he's like, he lived 150 years ago. Hor- Horace is like, he lived 150 years ago. If he was alive today, he'd be dead. Anyway, and then they jump uh, into yeah, but uh, good joke. It was, yeah, Adventures in Odyssey is known for its very funny jokes. Yeah, it's, it's a riot. Wholesome Christian comedy. The funniest kind, as everyone knows. <laughs> the story begins in the state of Texas. Which, so then he's he's jumping. He's not talking about... He's talking about Jameson Shoemaker, but through these other stories. So he starts in the state of Texas uh, in the year 1845 on a cold December day before Texas was a state when it was still... A territory? <laughs> that's what, what they say in the episode. Yeah, that's what they say in the that's episode. That's a lie. But what is that? <laughs> I thought it was. It was a, it, they were all states. They just weren't united, right? No. No. Well, I mean, yes and no. It depends on what you call a state, right? Like a, Do I a lose state my point? Because a state is like a generic. <laughs> Marshall gets two points. <laughs> political organization because canada is a state right Right. the united states is a state but then they also called them like united states because we're all equally like we're individual and we work together yeah right Right. so they called them states a couple of them are called commonwealths because they wanted to be cool uh texas was actually a separate republic. It was the Republic of Texas, and it was supposed to be oh. like recognized as an independent country, and they had seceded from Mexico. But they were never a territory. Oh. Like there was like Dakota Territory or Oklahoma Territory that were like federally run but weren't a state. Texas was never in that situation. Huh. Okay. But they don't tell you that in this, and I'm assuming it's... Well, it's inconvenient, but it's also um, easier to simplify this way. Yeah, right. That makes sense. It's, it's. I don't think they just wanted to say we stole it from Mexico. Uh, so, <laughs> wait, but it wasn't part of Mexico at this point either. 
It had it no, had, it, was it, it wasn't. It well, it depends who you ask. Mexico said it was still a part of Mexico. Oh, <laughs> but the 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 Texians said uh, it was a, a separate thing. And it anyway, it, it, it they they were they were separating with the intent to join the United States because a lot of Americans had moved into Texas and right. agitated to have it leave Mexico and join the United States. So they like it was part of the manifest destiny and yeah. it was a whole thing. Right. So the so, plan was always to add Texas to the United States. Like Texas, there, like yes, this makes there it was, sound like there Texas. was a desire by a lot of Americans to yeah. join to make Texas join. Because um, this kind of makes it sound like Texas had to like petition to become part of the United States, and that was, and and they did. There there was a Senate vote to have them join, and and it was closely contested. This is also very okay. very close to the Civil War. Okay. Right. Uh, and so there was a very fine balance in the United States that, that existed of the southern states that allowed slavery and the northern states right. that didn't. Right. And it was it was like a knife's edge of like, is slavery going to be allowed or not? And so everyone was like, don't let Texas in because yeah. that could upset the balance. Right. So all right. of the political class was like, don't let them in. But they'd also for a long time been putting out this idea that the United States has a manifest destiny and should control all of this land. So people were acting on that. Mm -hmm. And it's very hard to stop that ideology once you've gotten it going. So the political class was like, maybe we don't want Texas in, but people were like, Texas, woo! Yeah, we're right. doing it. We're doing it, guys. <laughs> it's our destiny. Uh, manifest. Yeah. So they were like, if, if Texas joins, is it going to be a slave state or is it going to be not? Or right. they could split it up because Texas is so big, you could split it into like three separate slave states. Right. And right. then there'd be like three sets of senators, and that's six more senators that are slave senators. And so the North was like, that's really dangerous. So there was there was pressure both ways. That's do you think the reason that adventures in not like Mr. Whitaker Adventures in Odyssey comes out like so strongly for Texas joining is because of racism. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's tough. Probably. I mean, yeah, that's why not, Texas not that. joined was yeah. racism. <laughs> yeah. And it was a close vote. They got that almost well, right. One, it, it was a close Senate vote. vote. Okay, yeah. Karis, tell us what happened, and then Marshall, tell us Wait. what really happened. <laughs> I have one more thought, though. Because it's interesting that they only go this far. I mean, I know that the whole point is, like, one vote versus one vote versus one vote. But, like, what actually happens, like, in the future, right? About, like, what you're bringing up about, like, slavery and slave states. So then... Did these one votes that were like for God end up bringing up like a whole bunch of like horrible things in the future that like they just don't address in the episode? You know what I mean? Like it's like this person voted for this person who voted for this thing, 
and yay, everything is great. And what happened after this thing? Like, where is all the other, like, was it good? (laughs) Was it bad? Do we know? They never address it. The baseline assumption is that it was good. Right. Totally. Right. But yeah, you're right. There's no justification for why it was good. Yeah. So I think that's interesting. But okay. So year 1845, a cold December day before Texas was a state. Sam Houston, who's the president of Texas, is waiting for news from the north. There's also a crowd standing outside, also anxious for news. Uh, A lot of people are hoping that Texas will become a state. A lot still don't want Texas to be a state. Who knows what's going to happen? They need 36 votes in the Senate for statehood. Um, There's a guy with Sam Houston. I don't think that we were ever told his name. Uh, his assistant or something. He's like, seems kind of hopeless, doesn't it? And Houston says, perhaps there's a greater power working for us. Gotta yeah, this is God's God will. There. Yep. Yeah. So it has to be good, Karis. Yeah. I don't know right, what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> so the messenger comes in. Uh, so he reads the letter in front of everybody before reading it himself and says... Uh, It's from Stephen Austin. Greetings from Washington to you in Texas, the 28th and newest state in the union. Everyone cheers. And then there's like remarkable events surrounding, surrounding it. Harrigan, who they thought to be against them, ended up voting for them and they won by a single vote. Thank God for him changing his mind. So that's what they tell us in the story. Uh, do we want to, should I just keep going and then we can kind of address all of them or do you want to address them one at a time? No, I think, I think keep going and we can can talk about the whole kit and caboodle. So then uh, it goes back to Connie and Wit. Connie's like, well, he was a senator. Senator. (laughs) He was a senator. His vote means something. Doesn't mean a normal person's vote would matter. And then says, let's look. And then Wit says, Let's look at six years earlier. Let's talk about Madison Marsh. Uh, so Madison Marsh was a representative and he's he they're voting for senators. One senator was chosen and then they had one more to go. And so he's Marsh is asking his advisors who to vote for. One recommends he vote for Rothschild. The other recommends he votes for Zumwald. And Marsh says, what about the third choice, Harrigan? We've heard that name before. What about Harrigan? And his vi- advisor tell his advisors tell him not to vote for Harrigan because he's untested. No one knows what crazy things he'll do in Washington. He doesn't have the experience. And then there's bickering back and forth. Finally, it's time for the vote. Marsh knows exactly who to cast his vote for. Uh, so then... They have a three-way tie and only one vote left. And, of course, it's Marsh. And he says, After listening to my advisors and giving it careful thought, there's only one choice. Mr. James Harrigan. And then we flash back to Wit's end again. And Wit says, Pretty incredible. Hey, Connie. And Connie says, Well, maybe. But what does that have to do with Jameson Shoemaker? And so now we're jumping back even farther in time. Back to 1837. Uh, So Jameson Shoemaker was a farmer. It was a day like any other. But by the end of the day, he 
had set a chain of events into motion. So this other person, Richard Reynolds, rides up to him and is so excited because it's election day. Yeah, He's like so excited because it's election day. <laughs> He's like over the top like, excited because it's election day. And it just made me think of Marshall. Like if I know someone who's that excited for election day. <laughs> Aww. That's I do sweet. dance in the streets on election day. <laughs> Somebody needs to. Yeah. Uh, so, and then it doesn't depend on the results, just the fact that you get to vote. That's yeah. right. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so, Shoemaker is like, You're getting started early, aren't you? Because he thinks election day isn't until the next day. And Reynolds sets him straight. And he's like, Well, if that's true, there's a lot of people in town for nothing. And I just cast a ballot myself. So, Shoemaker runs into town and then. The next thing we hear is the people running the polls. There's two guys running the polls. Um, one of them is like, well, we should shut down. Can we shut down the polls already? And the other one is like, no, the rules say it has to stay open until five. It's only 455 right now. Uh, and then the other guy is complaining and he's like, but I already counted the other votes. Look, no one else is going to come. There's no ballots left. Let's just go home. And then cue Shoemaker just in the nick of time. So they don't have any ballots. So they give him a random piece of paper to write who he's voting for on. And the poll is officially closed. And they make this whole scene of him having to drop his ballot into the box because the rules say so, even though the guy has already counted everything in the box and is just going to take it out of the box. So, but they can't save a step and just have it handed from shoemaker to the guy who's counting it because that's against the rules anyway so they count it and uh well who won so they're asking and they announce mr madison marsh is the new representative shoemaker's so excited he's like that's the one i voted for and so then the guy who was counting the votes shows it to him he says there was 217 votes for the other guy i don't I don't think I got his name. Was there a name? And 218 for Marsh. Your ballot is what got him into office. Your one single ballot. And then Shoemaker's like, well, I just hope I made the right choice, which I thought was an interesting comment. And then, uh, well, history will tell, says well, the other guy. I like that you drew attention to that because that's what I thought of when you said, like, well, was it the right choice later? You know, like, was yeah, totally. this a good thing? Like, yeah. We don't we don't know. It's told we're told it's a good thing. Yeah. Yeah. So just so then, take it from Mr. Whitaker, who is yeah. God. So Yeah. <laughs> we never find it. We never know for sure. Um, so then we're back to Wit's end, and Wit says, and that's the story of Jameson Shoemaker. And Connie's like, is that really true? Is it? Mm. <laughs> Wit says, yep. I had to fill in some of the details, but the basic story is completely true. One ordinary man with one ordinary vote was directly responsible for Texas becoming a state. And so then or, uh, Horace wants to use it in his campaign. And uh, Tom's like, well, Connie, still think that one vote doesn't make a difference? And Connie's like, well, Wit just proved that it does, but you got to admit that that was a pretty remarkable coincidence. And then they talk about coincidence and Wit says a coincidence Providence. is something that happens by chance that humans have no control over. 
This is this is the part. Okay, so but he says, but none of that happened by chance. Each cast their vote for someone for a specific purpose. They had strong beliefs and they acted on it. But if he is second guessing that he hopes he made the right choice, did he have strong beliefs <laughs> that he acted on? That was my thought was like, just hope I made the right choice. He had strong beliefs that he acted on um, and then second guessed. Second guessed, no. yeah. And then uh, Wit goes on. I don't believe anything's co- coincidental. I consider it providential. All a part of God's plan. God used those men's actions to work his will. Adventures and Odyssey uses, for God works all things together for the good, blah, blah, blah. For like every other episode and he doesn't bring it up in this episode i just think that's interesting yeah instead oh yeah so then it's connie's like well why did the why did he cut it so close then and it's like there's no rule that god can't be dramatic is there so we find out god is a drama queen yes i mean evangelical god is uh, is a whiny baby drama queen for sure yeah yeah I mean, the God of the Bible is a drama queen, so. Yeah. Yeah. Especially Catholic the Old Testament. God, too, I guess. <laughs> well, it's the same Bible. <laughs> <laughs> Mostly. How can Mostly. you? Yeah. yeah. How can you have the same book? And in, still in so be much going as any Bible hell. is the same. <laughs> We're just there as an example for the rest of you. Part of God's plan. <laughs> That's right. Actually, yeah, <laughs> there. And I say I say we, but I'm not a Catholic, so <laughs> there's no, no we. <laughs> <laughs> um, atheists go to just a totally separate place, <laughs> right? Like you have to believe in hell to go there. <laughs> That's how it works. Mm, I like that theory. Yeah. Um. So. That's why we have to keep trusting him. No, there's no rule that God can't be dramatic, is there? That's why you have to keep trusting him, no matter what's going on around us. We only see the here and now, but God sees the big picture. And then he quotes Psalm 90. God is from everlasting to everlasting. Not only does he see it, but he's in control of it, too. I hate how they harp on this idea that God is in control of everything. Like yeah. We talked about this in a different one, too. That's so problematic. Yeah. Because they say God is in control when their guy elects who or is elected, but then, you know, when the other guy is elected, they don't they don't believe that God is in control. You know, yeah. <laughs> like if you really believed God was in control, then you would believe, okay, like this is God's purpose. Yeah. So you know, we just can't understand conf- it. It's unknowable. Conflating the like putting these two things together is like. Yeah. Because you like have to work so hard to get the correct person elected to like to enact God's will, but then if you don't work hard enough, then God's will isn't enacted. Like it's not God's will. <laughs> so this was a weird double standard that I saw uh, when Trump got in and um, Trudeau was in because evangelical conservative Christians hate Trudeau Mm -hmm. and they love Trump and it was this weird double standard of all of them being like oh Trump is God's chosen and 
vote Trudeau out of office. Like it was so weird. It was like one out of out of both sides of their mouths. Yeah. Of this like double standard that I just that I just was like, but how can you how can you if say God is in control, then this the other. is what God wanted also. Exactly. You know? And I guess that maybe their takeaway would be like, well, God wanted that so that we would mobilize better for next time. <laughs> or like, oh, I don't man. know. Yeah, <laughs> like, you know, like if you believe that, yeah. then you can Yeah. You can find workarounds for anything. Yeah. Yeah. Um so then Connie says, I need to think about it some more. I also need to start cleaning this place up and wit in all old fashioned fashion <laughs> says, I think that's a good idea. Thanks for your help. Uh, and then Connie's like, it amazes me how you can take any subject and relate it to God or the Bible. And what amazes me even more is I think I'm kind of getting used to it. So gross. Yeah. And then you hear Horace starting a speech in the background, and that's and then that's the end of the episode. And then we have Chris going, just goes to show what happens when people care enough to get involved. It's something God wants us to do as well. And then Matt 22, verse 21. And again, like, this is what made me think of the moral majority, like the push to get Christians voting for Republican candidates. Also, this Bible verse doesn't make sense. This, I thought I that it was a it. weird it one. It does Ugh. not fit at all. It makes me so angry how they just come on people. Anyway, give to Caesar. So Matt 22, 21. Give to Caesar what is Caesar's and to God what is God's. As Caesar was the government then, so we are the government now. We have a duty to support the things that are good and change the things that are bad. And give to ourselves? Yeah, like it made no like sense. This is this is clearly about taxes in the context. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Jesus is being asked yeah. about taxes. And he's like, Yeah, pay your taxes, basically. Pay your taxes. Yeah. And pay your tithes. Like yeah. <laughs> Because it doesn't act like the the whole idea was you paying taxes doesn't matter. Yeah. Right. Like <laughs> it's irrelevant. You pay yeah. your taxes now. Whatever. Don't worry about it. Yeah. That's that money shouldn't bother you. You're going to heaven. Yeah. You exactly. have an eternity. Yeah. yeah. Why are you complaining? Or people? like even in this life, like pay your taxes. That's the least of the things you should be focusing your life on. Yeah. Right. Like, yeah. Help those around you. <laughs> stop. Stop whining about your taxes. Just get <laughs> on with your life. Yeah. So essentially, according to this episode, we have Jameson who votes for Marsh. Marsh who votes for Harrigan. And then Harrigan who votes for Texas to be a state. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So they tell us the story backwards, but that's the gist of it. So now that we know Adventures and Odyssey's version of it, Marshall, what actually happened? <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, it's messy. Well, I mean, they're completely wrong, but they're not completely wrong. <laughs> there is a seemingly a record of Jameson Shoemaker voting for Madison Marsh. 
I'm not, I guess he does have his strength of his convictions because the, the way the story goes is that uh, while Marsh was campaigning, because there was two counties that were electing a representative, they were merged counties. So um, there was one person running from each county and they were kind of like trying to get enough people from their own county. So Marsh was out campaigning and he was in a farmer's field talking to the farmer and the farmer promised he would vote for him. And that's Jameson Shoemaker. And on the day of the election, Jameson Shoemaker forgot to be voting gotcha. until in the afternoon. And he was like, oh, shoot, I promised that guy I'd vote for him. So he had to ride like 12 miles into town, which is a considerable distance mm-hmm. yeah. uh, to cover. And he got there in time. But then, and this is where they simplify it a little bit. There, there wasn't a slate, so like a piece of paper that had all of the names on it. There wasn't one that he wanted to vote for. So he borrowed somebody's knife and cut out the names that he actually, the people he was going to vote for. Because you didn't just have like check boxes at the time. I guess they just had like, you voted for an entire slate and oh. like chose the, the thing you wanted. I don't know exactly yeah. how it worked. but right. So he went and he, he cut okay. out the names of the people he was promised to vote for, put them all together and wrapped a piece of paper around them and handed it in as his vote. Okay. So then it was a tie between the two, between Madison Marsh and, and his opponent, whose name I also can't remember now. It's in the paper. There's a there's an actual historical paper that I can uh, provide you that tells the story of Madison Marsh if you're interested. Oh, cool. Yeah. We'll put uh, it in the show notes. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So Madison Marsh went to the state assembly and said, I should have won. There's this guy who voted for me, but his vote was rejected. And he told the story about getting this guy's vote and how he voted and how his vote was rejected. And the, uh, the committee that was listening to it said, oh, okay, well, then you should have won by one vote and we'll, we'll let you in. And then the entire assembly voted on that. And so they they named him the the winner. So it was one vote, presumably, though I don't know if there was any real evidence or proof that that vote was actually cast or was actually rejected, other than the guy going and saying, like, this was rejected. I should be in there. And then his friend saying, yeah, yeah, that's a good story. Uh, and, and putting him in the assembly. Okay, so that's crazy. Yeah, interesting. <laughs> Which I think is is great. And they yeah. just believed they didn't need evidence. <laughs> they just believed him. Yeah, I mean that's what, kind of what it looked like from from the paper. I don't. Who knows what happened at the time? It's very anecdotal, and this is just a story that like Indiana loves to tell about the time that we got this guy elected, um, and how it sort of like goes on and on. Yeah. Huh. Yeah, that's cool. So, um, and then Madison Marsh. Well, there's no Harrigan. Harrigan is a completely made-up person. What? What? Yeah. Harrigan is fake. I'm sorry. Why would they just make up another candidate? I don't know. His name is Hannigan. Oh. So it could be a mistake. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. But they also have the year that he got elected wrong. Oh. (laughs) I mean, yeah, that's... Like, it's sloppy. <laughs> Did I just write this it down a- wrong? Or is it Harrigan no. in the episode? In the episode, they call him Harrigan. Okay, and I searched good. for Harrigan everywhere. And there's yeah. no Harrigan. Um, but there is a Hannigan. 
Yeah. Okay. That to me just, again, it points to the kind of sloppy writing from Phil Lawler that we have come to expect. <laughs> Is it Phil Lawler who did this one too? I'm sure. Although, you know, <laughs> it's, it's hard to tell because no women died. So I was just thinking that. Although women aren't really featured other than Connie. Yeah, it's all. And only for her benefit of learning. Yeah. And the story about Hannigan is absolutely wild. Like okay. And again, there's basically no evidence for it. Yes, in real life. Because it's at such a time that their record keeping was really poor. Um, right. And and any records that, you know, they don't necessarily make it, they don't survive, whatever. But there were two parties at the time, the the um, the Democrats and the Whigs. The Republicans didn't exist yet. Madison Marsh was a Whig. Uh, the Democrats were the the racists. Uh, well, I mean, they were all racists. Mm-hmm. Let's be fair; they were all racist. Uh, but the Democrats were the ones who were much more in favor of slavery, and the Whigs were the ones that were not. Right. Uh, just and a- Republicans and people who vote Republican love to use that to be like, "We're not racist," like because of the yeah. history of the party. Um, but what about Which the is, present yeah. of the party? <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean democrats are racist too who are we kidding there's no good party for black people they just in the hide US. it more yeah they pretend they're like they're superficially not. better kind of like the yeah. liberals are superficially better than the conservatives you know they like yeah right they have a more yeah. handsome leader and he's not like yeah. uh like <laughs> the conservatives you don't have think tools of beefcake <laughs> they always pick like the, the most golem looking men <laughs> to have their parties. Oh, it's like a gosh. prerequisite. What, you didn't like Stephen Harper? Yeah, no. <laughs> yeah. Did you have a question, Karis? I saw your hand up. Oh, yeah. I just wanted to fun- share a fun trivia fact about this episode that I just discovered. This episode was originally aired three days before the 1988 presidential election. Surprise. So, right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so there was two people at the time, the Senate elections weren't, weren't, um, held by the population. You didn't vote for a Senator. Uh, you elected your representative and the state assembly elected senators. So typically whichever party was in power in the state assembly would just choose their own people to represent the state in, in Washington as a Senator. Right. Like if, if the right. Whigs had a majority, they'd choose Whig senators and, and you'd be in just kind of how it happened. So you often had senators changing more often because parties would change at the state level more often. And um, it was a wild time. Right. Politics was done differently back then. It all sounds confusing. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's all confusing. So <laughs> but there was there was basically two people that they could that the, the uh, assembly could vote for. And nobody got the majority of the votes in the first round of voting. So neither one could actually become a senator. So wait, so they there held... was two people and it was a tie? It wasn't a tie. Well, how did neither of them get the majority of the votes <laughs> if there was only two of them? If it wasn't well, a tie? Maybe the third person. I think maybe there was more people on the that like that could have been voted for. But there was two that were the main ones to vote for. Okay. Okay. 
And there's probably also some number of people coming and going during votes. I don't know. So the Whigs had their person, but then they couldn't get enough support for their candidate. So they abandoned him and voted for, they started to vote for Hannigan instead. Hannigan had, he had three votes to start with. That's what it was. In the first round of voting, he had three votes. And the other two were just under the halfway Uh point. Right. So if okay. either of them had gotten like the three votes for Hannigan, they would have won. Right. Right. Oh, gotcha. So Hannigan okay. was like the real dark horse oh, like, gotcha. way down the line. It but the like Whigs were like, well, tie. no, it wasn't a three way tie at all. Yeah. So then uh, they were like, well, we could we could back Hannigan. He's he's still a Whig, um, just not the one we wanted. And so they all sort of switched their votes over to Hannigan. And then Hannigan became uh, the the senator. But there was one Democrat who had voted for Hannigan from the very beginning. And the story is that, and again, there's no proof for this, but the story is that the senator, the Democrat senator who was voting for Hannigan, who betrayed his party to do this, because if he'd voted for the Democrat senator, the Democrat would have won, right? But he betrayed his party and voted for like this down ballot weirdo. Okay. Because he was so moved by the story of one of his constituents the Hannigan Hannigan was a lawyer who had defended one of his constituents in a murder trial and uh, prevented a conviction and so this this constituent said I'll vote for you if you promise that if Hannigan is ever in a Senate race you'll vote for Hannigan that's a good story and, and if not true yeah. that, if not true it yeah, should I, mean, I, don't, I don't think it's true but yeah. <laughs> uh, it's a really good yeah. story so this this state representative got elected by, you know, a slim majority, uh, and one of his constituents said, "I ha- you have this promise, you have to vote for Hannigan." And so it's not just like one vote that matters; well, it's like a lot I mean, of votes that well, matter. Why do you? I mean, and why is the vote that they wanted highlighted? Like the vote of this Democrat is actually like more important. Yes, yeah. then because yeah. the Democrats the would have won in the first va- ballot. Yeah. Right. This kind of so. like defector vote from the Democrats. <laughs> right? Yeah, I, it's it's really problematic to just say one vote because it yes. doesn't, yes. it does, because then every person, they should be telling every person's story that voted. Exactly. Because all yeah. of them are equally responsible. Every yeah. one of them is exactly. one vote. Yeah. And then Hannigan went on in the Senate to be part of a small group of people that, um, I think voted against their party or something um, and voted to uh, uh, put in place a state of war between Mexico and the United States. Oh. Oh. So he voted for a declaration of war against Mexico, not to make Texas a state. What? But instead to begin the Mexican-American War. Wait, so... <laughs> oh, what? Oh, my God. Um, so it doesn't... Did he have anything to do with Texas becoming a state? Directly. In so, in, insofar as the Mexican-American War paved the way for Texas to Become. secede from Mexico, yes. Okay. Wait, so this is before Texas has even seceded? 
So, or they've tried to secede, and now now the Americans are sort of tacitly backing that secession up without allowing them into the United States. Right. I'm not sure of the exact and timing. That war vote was won by one vote. I don't think so. But <laughs> I, so um, it goes like wildly off the rails near of the end. end. Like you know, like the first... <laughs> it's way off the rails. <laughs> so I can like kind of like a stretch at a stretch. You're like, okay, yeah. sure, like for storytelling, and then the third one right. is nowhere close at all. <laughs> way off. So, what was the story behind Texas becoming a state then? Like, did any did anything connect? To well, the Texas who voted? when Texas did become a state because mm-hmm. it did happen eventually. Mm-hmm. Um, it only vote for statehood uh, only passed by two votes. Okay, and did it was it wasn't these people? But I don't know. Totally he been a senator at the time, but it wasn't like a dramatic. Oh my god! Him getting into the Senate caused it to Wait, happen. But he was he a and senator he was a Whig, remember? And it was the Democrats who actually got Texas to be in. Not well, the and Whigs. that's why they made a big okay. deal about it, though, because they were like, "We were sure he wasn't going to vote for this." Yeah, and he I mean, I couldn't, I, I didn't have, I couldn't find like a record of who voted for what on that Texas vote, but um, right, yeah. It's possible Hannigan was still around and part of it, but it's also some years later, so Hannigan may not have been a senator anymore. Right. I'd have to look up Hannigan's term. So none of it and, actually. And really, connected. the only reason that Texas got in was racism. Yeah. Um, president, the president before Texas joined uh, was uh, Polk. <laughs> uh, and he was a Whig, but when he was president, he kept vetoing the budgets that the Whigs would send up that they would vote for. And he was like, I don't like these. And he would veto them. So the Whigs kicked him out. So he was president and actually not a member of any political party, which is unusual. And so while he was president, some of his advisors convinced him that if he backed Texas hard he could win enough votes as a third party candidate because that's how much the americans wanted texas like the american people right he mm. could win without being a member of a political party he could win president the win the presidential race if he backed texas in a big way so he had he fired his secretary of state and hired one that was a known racist and in favor of slavery he sabotaged wow. relations with uh, the United Kingdom because they were pushing for the end of slavery. And he was like, nope, we're going to be a slave country, folks. That's what we're going to do. Oh my uh, and Politics he single-handedly... So yucky. <laughs> <and> so <laughs> he single-handedly made Texas an electoral issue in wow. that presidential race. And so the the uh, the guy who ended up winning, uh, I think it's Zachary... Tyler uh, came to him and said I will back Texas if you stop this and and let me win the presidential race and Polk was like it's a long shot for me anyway so yeah I'll, I'll back you if we still get Texas we still get slavery and my ideals win even if I don't 
And so that's, that's what happened. Gross. That's how Texas became a state. That's super fucked up. (laughs) And that's why it was uh, the evangelical gods uh, plan plan because racism, (laughs) because Because their God is steeped in racism. Yeah. Uh, His name was James Polk. Wait. And what was Hannigan's name? Was it Robert Hannigan? No. Yeah. No. This is Democratic Party. I'm trying to find his term because I want to know if he was sitting. He died. Ooh. Uh I think Edward in Louisiana from morphine. Yes. Yeah, he was a he was a huge alcoholic. And uh his family had a like an intervention to try and Oh yeah. Uh get him to stop drinking so he could have a political career. And he killed i think his brother-in-law he murdered him with a Whoa. dagger oh my god yeah Whoa. and then he he moved down south with his where his son was living and uh something bad happened like he got some bad news one day and went back to his room and took enough morphine to od Whoa. so hannigan real good dude which might be intentionally they didn't use his name because yeah. anybody so looking him up it. would be like, he's a bad dude. Yeah. That's yeah, I wouldn't be surprised actually. <laughs> wow. He was a member of the Indiana House of Representatives from wait, it says eighteen thirty two to eighteen thirty three and eighteen forty one to eighteen forty two. Is that House of Representatives. That was when, when he was... was the House of Representatives. He was a senator from 1843 to 1849. 1843. Oh, U.S. Senate. Yeah. Okay. Oh yeah. So he <laughs> uh, Texas Texas did join in 1845. So he was a senator when Texas. Okay. So uh, I mean, it is a stretch yeah, to say possible. that. It, I mean, he probably did vote for it, um, and then because yeah. it is again because you could attribute the win to any single voter yeah i guess it's not technically a lie but (laughs) but because it's yucky it's a stretching for sure yes so they tell these these true stories because wit even clarifies that that's true right connie asks him and he clarifies yes that's true i just filled in some of the details you're like yeah "Ah." and one of the details (laughs) is that (laughs) <laughs> this person never existed <laughs> i made up i changed his name so you couldn't find him because he was a bad dude yeah and like but like they just so, assume wait a minute no though. one's ever gonna google it or look it up i mean at 88 so 88 yeah. they didn't have google right it's so true. people were taking this at face value like it was right. ha- it would have been hard to find this information right yeah That's so true. when i was researching this i was googling these names and there's actually um, a post on Reddit of like ask uh, asking historians, and someone was like, "Is it true that this is like I've always heard this story, this particular story with these names, like Shoemaker to Marsh to to Harrigan?" And they were asking, "Is this a true thing?" And unfortunately, no historians answered them. Um, I- but they said, "I was curious about this because I was listening to Radio Lab, Radio Lab, and." And Radio Lab just like at one point just sort of said it with a bunch of other false things that you've heard in in your life that this is a not a true story. And this guy was like, "Is that what I've believed this all this time? Like I heard it in school. 
Like mm-hmm. it's just a thing. I so it's like so it's also like so built into American cultural identity. Yeah. Yeah. It's not even just evangelicism. It's like the whole yeah. just American but evangelicals, I mean it's a it's a civic religion, right? So it is very well, yes. Yeah, it's very enmeshed with the patriotic ideology. Um, oh. I stumbled. So, oh, you I said was... something earlier that made me really excited. Oh, okay. So before you say your thing, yeah. Knowing now what we know about Hannigan, I think we can make a definitive answer as to whether he made the right whether shoemaker. <laughs> <laughs> made the right decision no and that is no, no. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that is no we're gonna go no on that one yeah so i was just gonna say i stumbled upon that same reddit thread marshall oh nice i was tra- trying to figure out how to say spell jameson shoemaker because i wasn't sure if it was like like a dutch name or something you know because sometimes it's like s-c-h-u-m-a yeah anyway but i stumbled upon that too and i was like oh crazy i want to listen to that um, Radio Lab now. I mean, it probably doesn't clarify it. Just like these things that you thought were true are actually myths. But yeah, but. if you can find that episode, that would be neat. Yeah, um, I'll let you know if I find it. Because it was, it's like quite a while ago now that it would have come out. At yeah. least five years ago. Yeah, uh, that's a lot of Radio Lab to go through. Maybe I'll Google it. Yeah, you can probably find it. By Googling it. <laughs> Um, I was also going to say final scores as it sits. Adventures and Ideology team, 25. Adventures and Odyssey, negative 12. Nice. <laughs> I, I, was, I thought this might be like a, a one point I thought you were, yeah. difference <laughs> no. kind of a thing. Oh, yeah. And Marshall could have like delegated where the point went. Uh, you guys are tied. You and you know it would be adventures <laughs> and Marshall Odyssey. are tied, and I get to choose the deciding <laughs> who wins. Uh, anyway, it should be based <laughs> on uh, the questions at the end. Yeah. Okay. 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 Let's go through okay. the questions. Okay. Oh man. Okay. So we have three questions. Question number one. Why is it important to vote? Uh, Candace. Beep. <laughs> um, according to this episode of Adventures in Odyssey, it isn't because God is in control of everything. <laughs> <laughs> Correct. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Whew. Uh, no, but that's accurate because God's in control. So it literally doesn't matter what we do. Yeah. Except that it does matter because for reasons. Right. Well, because it's really, really important. Yeah. But God's in control. So it doesn't really matter. Yeah. Correct. Okay. According to Matthew. Did you have any any thoughts on that? Do you want to add anything? Uh, well, I mean, I'm, I'm, um, an atheist, so it's important to vote. I don't know. I get dis I get disillusioned with this every time that it comes up. Uh, it's, it's important to vote 
because it's your one chance to uh, stick it to the man by participating so in communist. the man's system. Yeah. <laughs> um. <laughs> we we may or may not be loosely affiliated with a political ideology. <laughs> the further left, the better. Yes. <laughs> Welcome, potential comrades. <laughs> <laughs> There's so many elections happening right now, too. So, and you have very lots few of time to vote. This is like a like... great time for this cam- for this episode to come out, right? It's yeah. like you've got the federal election, and you've got the municipal election, and you've got the state election or the senate election that uh, is meaningless. It's great. <laughs> when are the elections? The what? federal election is on September 20th, and the Municipal election is October twenty eighteenth, October eighteenth or twenty fifth, maybe. Okay, question number two. Read Matthew twenty two twenty one. I'm gonna pull okay. it. Okay. Yep. Someone read that. <laughs> what uh, What version of the Bible um, is canonical here? Well, King James only. Oh, really? Oh. I was going to say New American Standard Version because we definitely don't want any reference to women as disciples (laughs) or leadership in any way. And that one they made, they did a good job of just excising any women who were seen as equal to men. Yes. Or in positions of power. So this is the verse that says, because it's Jesus has just asked them whose face is on the coin. Oh, Caesars. Okay, Caesars, so this was... they replied. <laughs> okay, so this was the same thing that didn't make sense initially that they're like yes. har- harping back on. That's what I wondered. I was yeah, like, to Caesar, this... what is Caesar's? And to God, what is God's? So we are the ruling authority is what we're supposed in to our... take away. So the, so the question the is... The question hasn't been country. asked yet. Come on. <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> I thought it was. <laughs> you lose a point. Oh, no. <laughs> I didn't even get to beep in that time. In our our country, who is the ruling authority? Beep, beep, beep. Beep. (laughs) (laughs) Marshall was first. Uh, Capital or or money is the ruling authority. The 1%. Correct. I think we're on the same same page here. We would have also accepted Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> the president. Yeah. Um, we the yes, people. A hundred percent. I wish Wait, it was no, we the people. Right. I wish it was we the yeah. people. Uh, According to this episode, it is. We are the Caesars. We're all Caesar now. Yeah. <laughs> Somebody pay me taxes. Uh, okay, last question. Name some other instances where one person made a big difference. Um, who invented the atomic bomb? Uh, a large group of scientists oh. over a huge number of years. Yeah, that's what I thought. Uh... <laughs> Can we just play the game where you like somebody named one person and the other people tell them how actually it was not one person but was a large group of people supporting them <laughs> over their entire lifetime that allowed them to make any sort of change. I, guess. I know yes. this is my, this is one of my big issues with science actually. Like 
you whoever runs the lab gets to take all the credit for all the work that everyone, everyone yeah. else is doing. Yeah. Or you're like, oh, Elon Musk. <gasps> sure, except that he's invented nothing on his own. He piggybacks on a whole bunch of other people and he just takes credit for their work. Oh, Great. oh, 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 oh. Jesus. <laughs> See, he's not one person, so oh, doesn't well, count. Well, he's three and one. <laughs> Judas. Mm, but then technically he also had He was paid by the Pharisees. Like right. Yeah. So there isn't really Dang. And they were influenced you know what? by oh. Satan himself. <laughs> uh, I know it's off topic, but I've never understood why they had to pay Judas. Do we know that? Uh, Wasn't Jesus like a rock star at this point? No, they didn't like him. He was a threat to the the well, church. I mean, okay, but like, well, yeah, but everybody knew him, right? Like when he rode into he town on a donkey, they all like laid leaves down in his path because they were like, "It's Jesus!" It's like Beatles mania, right. like the whole like the one I kiss is the man. Yeah, they're like, don't we know who the guy is? Oh, That's a good question. Or, or was is it in he- a group of twelve men? They were like, we're all face blind. We can't tell who it is. <laughs> Judas, you're the only one. (laughs) One white guy in a pile of brown people didn't stick out to them. (laughs) Just look for the blue eyes. (laughs) That's a good I just never never understood. That's a really good point, actually. Why'd you pay somebody? You knew who it was anyway. Whatever. Yeah. And if you didn't how did you not? Yeah. (laughs) Plot hole. We hate this guy. (laughs) I but we don't know who he is either. We have no idea what he looks like. The uh, uh, the person that I was going to say, although, again, is part of a team, but Judith Love Cohen, she was a NASA engineer who helped create the abort guidance system that rescued the Apollo 13 astronauts. Hmm. While she was in the hospital, I believe this might be fictional, but in the hospital giving birth to her son, Jack Black. Wow. Yeah, it's Jack Black's mom. That's cool. I also, I actually, I believe that because women, especially at that time, had to, you had to literally do everything. Like my supervisor in science, (laughs) yeah, she had meetings in the hospital after her child was born and like her baby was crying and she was like, was like, why is everyone still here? Like, I need to feed my baby. (laughs) Yeah, literally. But yeah. So... She's she's pretty cool, I think. Yeah. Yeah. That is pretty cool. So yeah. Um I I mean, I'm I'm enjoying this topic. People who <laughs> who actually did not do things single handedly. Like instances where one person made a big difference. Yeah. Is there anyone like because even she like even she wasn't one person. Like she was part of a team. I mean, this is the this is the problem I have with like great man history. It yeah. just erases yeah. so many people. Yeah, intentionally, right? Because you you <laughs> don't want people to think like we should give credit to the workers. You know, like it is is a very capitalist, anti anti worker <laughs> way yeah. of viewing the world. Yeah. Yeah. CEOs matter, right? Like. Yeah. Yeah. 
Eh. Yeah. Not really. No. Yeah. Was there a fourth wiki question? No, it just oh. showed up as four. There was only three. We should ask this question uh, was- to our um on our Instagram. We should. I think it's a fun one. Sorry, Marshall, go ahead. No, uh there was there was one other two other two others, but I can only remember one of them right now. It one keeps coming in and out of my head. But um one one thing when they're when they're um when Madison Marsh is deciding who to vote for and his two advisors are telling him who um I really enjoyed it one of the one of the candidates was it was a Rothschild yeah and they were like no don't pick him he's evil uh because the Rothschilds are like a, a famous Jewish family <gasps> um and, oh my and they're God. also the subject of many conspiracy uh... theories about like Rothschilds and controlling America and so I thought that was Racist. an interesting choice to yeah. to yeah. have a Rothschild running. I was like, I don't think that was one of the candidates. I could be wrong. Maybe there was a Rothschild, but um it just seemed like another chance to be like, ha, let's take a dig at those Rothschilds. Accurate. <laughs> Who was Zumwald a per- an actual person? Uh, I it's the only Zumwalt that I could find was uh, an admiral, oh, okay. um, but he was born in like 1920. So gotcha. Did anyone else? But think- they might have chosen his name because they were like, "Oh, we know, we know Zumwalt. He's uh, chief of the naval forces at right. the time that this. I think at the time this came out, he was chief of the navy. So right, they might have named him. Though it could have been earlier. I don't know. I'm not a big military buff, so. That's okay. But remember, that's all really true. Wit <laughs> clarified. Yes. Connie, the only one with any sense about her. It is such a boring story, though. <laughs> like, that they, they try and, like, pretend it's really engaging, and they give people, like, wacky voices, and, like, but it's literally, like, he says it at the end. This person voted for this person who won by one vote, who voted for this person who won by one vote, who vo- who voted for <laughs> Texas. Yeah. Like, you could have just said that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But that's not as compelling. But was yeah, it compelling? You have to, <laughs> you have no. to build the scene, get people really into it. Yeah, no, it was. It was. It's kind of a dumb episode. <laughs> well, <laughs> Sorry. So, but so sinister. Because yeah. the, the intent is like, how do we make this really compelling? Yeah, and influence people to vote for the person we want to vote for. So, do you think it worked? Because it was three days before the election that it came out. I'm pretty sure they won, didn't they? Didn't the Republicans was, win that? Let's look. Yeah, it was. Yeah. I think because the moral senior? majority. I think it was a landslide, actually. I think so. Bush Sr. won by quite a bit. Yeah. If I'm remembering correctly. Do you think that was single-handedly because of a single episode of Adventures in Odyssey? I think so. So This is one time when one person made a difference. <laughs> That's right. Listen, 1988 was the last presidential election for which the moral majority was an active organization. There you um, go. The evangelical <laughs> minister and televangelist Pat Robertson. Oh, sought Wait. the Republican nomination and would have been at first glance a natural choice for the moral majority support. 
But fall the the moral majority endorsed George H. W. Bush instead. This is interesting because so, the Wikipedia article says that Falwell um, is a fundamentalist. Comes from a fundamentalist tradition, and Robertson is a charismatic tradition, and they were at odds. But they're both like so fundamentalist. I don't know who wrote. Yeah, that's this. interesting. Well, a charismatic is is a pretty fundamentalist thing, right? It is, yeah. yeah. Like that, the distinction is not. Yeah, it's, it's not a good. It's not a. Distinction. If you're really in it to to notice the dis- the difference, yeah, or out of it to think there is well, one. It was because that was like right at the time of the charismatic renewal, or like near the end of the charismatic renewal, which was like something that the fundamentalists really frowned upon, even though they're literally two sides of the same coin but one thing i remember from church history is that every different like new denomination that came along or like new experience of god or whatever you want to call it was hated by the previous denomination (laughs) previous experience of god because they're like no god fits in our box not in yours yeah so that might be where they caused a division and a branch yeah branching and now um, only the people on this like branch over here believe that they have it right and this whole tree is ignored. Yeah. Never yep. mind, like literally. Um Pat Robertson is like well known for telling women to stay with their abusive husbands. Oh, that's who yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah. He's I super hadn't heard old. Of charismatics oh that's until a, your show. Oh, that's a tradition we were oh. raised in. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't know about it until you guys said something about charismatics. Like, what is what, what? So I looked it up, and then I found out that there was a there was a CCR, the Catholic Charismatic. <gasps> yes, because there was also yeah. an even uh, there was also an um. What's the other one that aren't really Christians? <laughs> All of them. No, I mean, <laughs> Anglican, Anglican, Lutheran. There was an Anglican Charismatic renewal, and and a yeah. Lutheran. I mean, I'm sure it was in every I'm sure Episcopalian all of them had it, yeah. branch. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so Which that's wild, kind of- and it's it's it, it eventually became like adopted. Like the the Pope said, sure, charismatics can be a thing in the Catholic Church if you really want it, and so they just, as the Catholic Church always does, they just absorbed that thing and said, fine, you're you're part of us, but you're still Catholic. Don't you dare leave. Oh, interesting. I mean, and this is why they they have functioned for so long and are still so big. Yeah. Yeah. Because they do that with everything. And evangelicals are like, nope, that's a new church. Like, we're splitting we're yeah. splitting hairs, <laughs> literally. Yeah. yeah. What you want to speak in tongues, we don't like that. Goodbye. The, uh, we yeah. don't believe in gifts well, of the spirit. If you don't believe in gifts of the spirit, though, are you even evangelical? No. Like. But so this was the difference between, like, Pentecostal and charismatic movements. Because there was the Pentecostal renewal at the beginning of the 1900s and then like the 1950s or 60s was the charismatic movement and what was the pentecostal one could be wrong that was speaking in tongues wasn't it in tongues yeah and the charismatic movement was other spiritual gifts charismatic and they were at odds with each other they feel like i feel like those should fit well together they were like within each other but there were differences because pentecostals are very strong on if you don't speak in tongues you're not a christian Oh, yeah. And charismatics had a little more freedom. Freedom. Oh, yeah. Whatever. And so there were... I just... That's all I remember from church history. 
but they're basically the same thing now. They were they were sister movements. They happened like almost because like same when time. I think of the churches we went to, there was a focus on speaking in tongues and on all spiritual gifts. Yeah, but there was definitely like like some people in power were very much like if you don't speak in tongues, you're not like yeah. it's all kind of mashed together now. Yeah. Well, I was forced to speak in tongues in Sunday school. Yeah. Oof. Right. Yeah. We were all put on like sit on the ground, put your elbows on your chair and speak in tongues, like pray, pray in tongues. And she's like, I better hear you. It was very stressful. I was like a six year old. What did she, what was her punishment if you didn't speak? I don't know. What was she going to do? I don't know. Isn't that what everyone's doing all the time? Like just pretending? (laughs) Pretty much. Yeah. Fake it till you make it. Yeah. Marshall, what you didn't know is that anyone who comes on our show has to speak in tongues <laughs> to prove oh their I don't, connection to God. <laughs> uh, go. Uh-oh. I don't even I don't even know how to do oh, it. Go. <laughs> That's the point. Yeah. Tongues. <laughs> yeah, yeah. One of my teachers at Bible college was like, here's how you, he gave us two ways of speaking in tongues because he thought it was dumb. I mean, he spoke in tongues, but he was like, it's a dumb thing for people to like think that you have to speak in tongues. And so he's like, here's one way to do it. And he, and he just was like, should have bought a Honda, but I bought a Kia. Like, <laughs> and he just like said that. And then it's like, yeah, it sounds like it. And then the second one was you take your finger and then you just put it over your lips and you go, <laughs> So, if you can Amazing. do either of those things, you can speak in tongues. Wow. Yeah. That so that's uh, the the should have bought a Honda, but a Barakia sounds like uh, like um, an auctioneer. Oh, totally. Yeah. Yeah. One dollar, dollar, two dollar, dollar, three. Do I hear three dollar, dollar, four bid, dollar, dollar, five bid? <laughs> yeah. Pretty much. That was pretty good. And now yeah. we'll go to Karis for the interpretation. <laughs> that saith the Lord. <laughs> Render unto Caesar. All- <laughs> As the Bible clearly says. <laughs> yes. <sighs> we yes. Um anything else that, about this episode? That's, wait, wait. <laughs> oh. That saith the Lord. Hondas are better than Kias. Thank you. <laughs> That's all I got. We're all, uh, I'm going to hell. It's fine. I am no advocating for fine. like a, a new other place for those of us like who don't that. really like the options provided. Yeah. Since we are the government and we yeah. can make a change. A single vote. I vote neither. Yeah, because I don't want to be in a worship service for the rest of eternity. That actually sounds like hell. And then hell, hell, you know, like I also don't want to be tortured. Well, I mean, is there a difference? It's all one place. I know. Yeah. (laughs) What about purgatory? That's a very Catholic thing. You get out of here with your Catholic nonsense. Not anymore. (laughs) We abandoned it. Did you? Yeah, apparently. I think there was a papal bull that came out. What about all the people that were there? Yeah. Purgatory is not a thing anymore. Sorry, folks. What happened to them? Did we just abandon them there? Or was it 
Maybe it, it wasn't purgatory. Off. Maybe purgatory is still around, and it's um, what's the other one? The uh, the neutral one. Limbo. Um, lim- it might be limbo that they got rid of. I can't remember. Because oh. hmm. limbo was for um, unbaptized babies. Oh, and now right. what happens to yeah. unbaptized babies? I don't know. <gasps> Maybe purgatory, which is very unfair, but. They have to go to heaven. That's the only thing that makes sense. You can't send an unbaptized baby anywhere but heaven. Yeah. They're full of sin. They're vessels for it. (laughs) Yeah. I forgot. Yeah. All are sinful and fall short. Until you're baptized, you're nothing but sin. So unbaptized babies are like the most evil thing that has ever existed. Don't they? I'm sorry. That's facts. That's, that's, that's Catholic facts. <laughs> They've never even repented. Oh, this conversation is making me really sad. That's, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, as soon as you say those things out loud, people are like, that can't be right. That's not, that's not what we believe. Right. And you're like, check it out. Like, go read. Yeah. Like yeah. Catholic <laughs> propaganda. That's exactly what you say you profess to believe. And Every this Sunday. Is- the wow. thing too, evangelicals believe that also. We don't believe well, in yeah. infant baptism, but we do believe in like hitting your child because they are trying to manipulate you when they're like 18 months old and crying because they're yeah. so evil. You know, like. How manipulative of them. Yeah. yeah. I'm hungry. Trying yeah. to communicate their needs. <laughs> yeah. Trying to communicate yeah. their needs through having emotions. Or that unites us then divides us. <laughs> yeah. And of course, I'm talking about how sinful we all are. <laughs> right. Yes. I mean, back yeah. to your s- statement about uh, not wanting to choose one or the other, right? Heaven or hell, having only two options. In the Bible, when Jesus was presented with two options, he always came up with a third. Mm-hmm. So if he can do it, we should be able to do it. That's a good point. That's my theory. True. Uh, there was a thing that I remembered because you brought up that this was this aired in '88, just before the election. Yeah, mm-hmm. three days before the election. When I when I, when you first told me I was gonna uh, that I, I was invited to be a guest on an episode about voting, I just searched "Adventures in Odyssey" voting, uh, and and this episode came up. But the only way that I could listen to it was through the Focus on the Family podcast. Oh, yeah. So you listen to the podcast? I've never listened to it. I listened to their podcast. And so it was two dudes. Uh, I think they were both named James or John (laughs) or something like that. (laughs) And they both had the same name, I'm sure. Uh, And it aired the day before the 2016 election. Of course it did. There's an election tomorrow and it's super important. But we have this great program, Adventures in Odyssey, and they put on an episode about voting. And so we're going to play that for you now, because even though it's for kids, we think it has a really important lesson. Yeah. And, Go uh, vote and for so Trump. that's how I listened to it. Whoa. Oh well, they said, we're not explicitly telling you who to vote for. You know, you can vote for who you think you is best, but it's important that you vote. You know, we're they not going to tell you that. one party or the other, but like, wink, wink. Yeah. They say that, but wow. they've already been, they've been saying which party, you know? Yeah. And exactly. you know that people, people's pastors are telling them which party to vote for. And it's, yeah, 
And and, and the all, other interesting like, thing, all of like the Christian television programming, like talk shows and things, they're <laughs> yeah. all telling you. Pat Robertson is telling you, vote for Trump. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. Uh, when I listened to it, they cut Chris off the front and the back of it. Oh, so the intro oh. was these two guys, and the outro was these two guys. Oh, interesting. So I only heard Chris earlier today when I was like, oh, I should listen and see what what that's all about. Um. <laughs> Anything else we want to say about this episode before we wrap up? I mean, just in general, I had not listened to any episode ever before. And it's not like the quality of it is bad, but I don't know. I was expecting something more. Yeah. But it does sound like it's just a couple of people just like reading lines off of a page. Like, Yeah. yeah. But it does uh, have like I, lots of background sounds and like setting sounds. It does. Um, yeah. and so the production qualities are pretty good, especially for like 88, you know? Yeah. And I don't know what I was expecting for the voice of wit, but it wasn't that. <laughs> oh, tell me about your first yeah. experience of the voice of wit. I mean, I, I don't know. I just, I, I, I expected God to have like a deeper voice <laughs> or something. <laughs> well, luckily yeah. for you, the the voice actor that plays Wit dies at some point and they replace him. <laughs> Luckily like he's been for replaced. Me. <laughs> he's been replaced like four times now, I think. So you can try again and pick hashtag your wit. <laughs> this is my wit, because this is the one that I remember from being a small child, but there are there are other options. Voice I, you know, like if it was Morgan Freeman or something. Yeah, they don't have Morgan Freeman kind of... Well, they do have that kind of money, but... <laughs> they do have that kind of yeah. money. Uh, yeah, you know, like They need to give Morgan it to Freeman their shareholders. Or... <laughs> Who's the guy in uh, the, the the Green Mile? Tom Hanks? Wait. I mean, Tom Hanks, I guess, does have kind of a god. But that's not what you're thinking, yeah. No, uh, Michael Clark Duncan. Oh, yeah. Uh, what about more, like... Werner Herzog. <laughs> oh, that'd be so good. Yeah. Anything you want to plug, Marshall, before we end this? Uh, I am a co-host of a podcast uh, called Androids and Assets, uh, wherein we talk about the political economy of speculative fiction. So we're talking about science fiction and fantasy, primarily, mostly a lot of science fiction. Fantasy sometimes makes its way in. Uh, and we talk about... Uh, you know, how decisions are made, how power is distributed, um, and, and what are the implicit messages that are being told to us through the science fiction media that uh, we are consuming, especially because there's so much of it in the world these days. Uh, like Netflix makes a lot of, of um, science fiction stuff, uh, and there's a lot of ideas that go into it that we we just sort of accept and the authors just sort of put in without even thinking about it. And then we watch it and we're like, well, it's in the future. So this must be how uh, the, the future is going to be. And, and we hope that that's not how the future is most of the time. Yeah. So you can find us. Uh, we are androids and assets.ca or on uh, Twitter and Instagram. We are at asset droid. Uh, you can find our Facebook page, just searching androids and assets. Uh, or shoot us an email, info at androidsandassets.ca. You should definitely listen to their podcast. It's really good. Yeah, it's super fun. Thanks. It's um, I like how you said 
because it's in the future, we kind of just take it as like, this is what the future is. But, you know, the way the future is portrayed can kind of like expand our imagination for the present um, or it can kind of confine it. So if you want to find our stuff, we are Adventures in Ideology. Um, our website is adventuresinideology.ca. Uh, we are on Instagram and Twitter at Ideology Podcast. And we have a Patreon, which is also Adventures in Ideology. So if you want to hear more fun stuff that's not specifically Adventures in Odyssey related, but still if within problematic Christian doctrine and other such things, uh, check out our Patreon. It's five bucks a month. And we post two extra episodes a month. So it's a fun time. And the time. Patreon is delightful. <laughs> We're pretty proud of it. <laughs> it's fun. Yeah. So thanks for listening. And until next time. See you next time on Adventures in Ideology. <laughs> <laughs>